0: Hello, patrons, and welcome to the patron special for November 2017, a year after Trump. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. Oh,
0: God. So this month, we are going to be talking about something else that is perhaps equally as horrible as the Trump administration. (laughs) uh, Seth MacFarlane's vanity project, The Orville. See, Uh,
1: I I, I don't hate the show as much as you do. I don't like Seth MacFarlane shows but he doesn't make me want to kill myself the way he does make he makes you.
0: I don't want I don't hate the show.
1: No you do. You've been telling me the entire time how terrible you find it.
0: <laughs> I think the show is getting better. However, I well we'll get into this. Yeah. I don't hate the show. I think it, it, the pr- like this was Richard's idea. I didn't necessarily uh this wasn't on my radar. Like I he brought this up months ago. Um, when we decided that we wanted to like sketch out what the patron specials were going to be a few months ahead of time, because our normal process for these, you know, just to get a little inside baseball about it used to be like, oh shit, we have to do a patron special. What is the topic going to be? And that was not perhaps the best way to do it. So we decided we were going to get really professional about it and start sketching these out ahead of time. Now, if,
1: if. Sorry, if I just remember correctly, we have next month's and then we have no more past that, right? So I think we need to start doing a roadmap again. But
0: Yes, we do. And (laughs) we actually have an idea for one that I got in the comments from uh, uh, the latest uh, Discovery podcast. But we can talk about that off mic. Sure, Um, sure. But yeah, so so this was Richard's idea. This show was not on my radar at all. I, I didn't really know that it even existed um, because I don't pay attention to network television because I'm not 70 years old. But... It was out there. He said, hey, let's do the Orville. And I said, oh, okay, sure, let's do it. Um, And we originally were going to do it when it first came out in October. And then I said, well, maybe it's a good idea to sort of like get some episodes behind us. You know, we'll we'll do Alien before that. I think there was – oh, because we wanted to um, cross-reference the Alien patron special with the uh, podcast on Macrocosm, the Voyager episode. So we pushed the Orville to November and, and Richard made a joke and said, you know, oh, good, because by then it'll be canceled. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, it has not been canceled yet. As of this recording, it has aired seven episodes. I have watched uh, six of the seven. Yeah. I have not watched the latest one. But um, I thought it was a half-hour comedy, and it's it's not. And and I think that's one of the things I want to talk about first. Yeah. Is, like, I, what, what even is this show?
1: See, I was expecting a gag series because... As far as I know, you know, the, the Seth MacFarlane shows I've seen, Family Guy, American Dad, and, well, nobody's ever watched the Cleveland show, but that's a different story. Um, you know, he writes gag shows, and I know I know why you personally don't like his, show, his stuff. I'm not a fan of it either, but you've lived a more sober life than I have, and he uh, – it's the kind of show where you just – It's good for when you have a group of people over and you want background noise and, you know, there's a lull in conversation and something funny is going to be on TV. And it's not really anything you have to hardcore think about. It's not something you have to have any investment in. You know, there are a few cutaway gags in Family Guy that I like very much and that I, you know, will – You know, quote from time to time. It's it's for that. You know, it's not as
0: I can see that. I mean, I I think that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I did watch Family Guy uh, the first iteration of it. Then it was canceled. People forget this. But like, (laughs) you know, Family Guy was a failure at first. and It was canceled by Fox, I think, in what, 1999 or something. And uh, it was brought back after, I think, the success of, like, it was on Adult Swim or some, I don't yeah. know, like Cartoon Network, something like that, the reruns. And then it um, became I this, think like,
1: streaming as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the D- I thought it was a DVD sales, I think. And so, like, it was a bunch of factors, but, you know, Fox said, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't have canceled this. And, you know, here we are uh, 18 years later and the show is still on the air. Um, and I, I guess that makes sense to me because, like, you're right. Like, A, I don't smoke pot, so I don't necessarily think that Family Guy is a show for me um but but also that like I'm not the type of person that puts television on unless like I'm actively watching it yeah Uh, if if like the tv is on like I'm watching it so if I have people over generally speaking like for background noise I would put music on so yeah yeah, yeah. that that makes sense as well I can see that
1: it has a specific niche for it now um The Orville is closer to a real show. Um, I don't think it's quite there yet, although given the way episode six is versus episode one, I think it's wanting to become more of a real show. Now, I am watching this during a period of sobriety. I've moved from Portland to New Jersey, and, you know, my lifestyle is different uh, against my will, and um, so I'm perhaps not enjoying it as much as I would have two months ago. Uh, But that said... I don't know. Like it, I was surprised that it has a plot and characters and all of that. Um, whether or not you're fine, now I-, I find this is a tension at the heart of the show, which is perhaps preventing it from being as good as it kind of wants to be because it's not sure if it's an action adventure comedy or comedic show with action adventure elements.
0: Yes, I-, I agree with that. I. <laughs> I think that part of the issue with the Orville is that um, I, I'm borrowing a phrase from, uh, I think, a review of the Orville that I saw. Maybe it was on the A.V. Club. Maybe it was from somewhere else. They described Seth MacFarlane as a person whose work ethic greatly outstrips his talent. Mm. Which I would agree with. Like the man does do the work; he puts in the time. I mean, he's done Family Guy, yeah. American Dad, The Cleveland Show, which I don't think is still on. I don't think American Dad is still on either, but I could be wrong. I don't pay attention to this stuff. Uh, you know, the uh, Ted movies. He he makes movies. Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, yeah, hmm. I think he did some other stuff. Like he he does do a lot of work. I think he's a he seems like a genuine guy. I don't necessarily have a problem with Seth MacFarlane, the guy. Yeah, I think that, you know, if I ran into him at an airport bar and we started talking, I'm sure we would get along great. He seems like a funny, charming, personable guy. But he also seems like the living embodiment of white male privilege, where this is a man who, charitably speaking, is not incredibly talented. There are probably many other uh people that are not white straight cis men out there that would have gotten an opportunity if seth mcfarland hadn't gotten it yeah and you know you could say he does do what he does with his opportunity i don't know anything about him otherwise i don't know if he does charity work i don't know what he does with his money i have no idea maybe he's donating millions and millions of dollars to hurricane relief in puerto rico and planned parenthood and everything else i have no idea, but. You know, he he is the kind of guy where I just look at it and I say, fundamentally speaking, what is he giving to the universe? And I don't know what he is giving to the universe. And this sounds very churlish, but it's like, <laughs> I just, I don't get it. And that's why I struggle with the Orville because Seth MacFarlane is a guy who is an unabashed Star Trek fan. He He's a Trekkie. He loves it. I think that if nothing else, you can read the Orville as his love letter to TNG. And I, I guess that's okay. I just don't know that we needed more TNG.
1: You know, on the one, see, because part of it is, and and part of the other reason I had, I I think we decided to hold this back a couple of weeks, um, is because the Orville and Discovery are being compared by a lot of people, and. I think that, it, you know, whether it, it, if The Orville had aired yet last year or started next year, we might not have that conversation. But either way, they are kind of dueling shows in a lot of ways.
0: and Which is also an accident because, you know, remember the Discovery was originally supposed to air beginning of oh, yeah. January of this year. So,
1: But either way, I think the two of them do have very... I, I, I think the two of them are necessarily in conversation. Um, I mean, I would say The Orville is a very sincere show in its way. I mean, I don't – you know, e- even if it is a vehicle for Seth MacFarlane to sh- tell some TNG-style shows while going to his general vaguely liberal politics that are – you know, I, I think it's sincere about that. And I mean, I find the show – I, I mean – Maybe this may be damning with faint praise, but it is a fairly harmless show in its way. I mean, it's just telling a bunch of sci-fi stuff, stringing a bunch of jokes on top of that, and if at the end of the day this is a show about characters who genuinely like each other, are acting in pretty good faith, and are trying to put some good into the world, well, you can't necessarily say that about Star Trek Discovery, which is kind of a lot of people's issue with it. I mean, this is not at all a cynical show. It is kind of almost geekily earnest about what it's trying to be about.
0: It, it's possible. I, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's hard to judge the Orville and the Star Trek Discovery. Because they are very different shows, and yeah, I do I do want to get into the the very sort of gross anti SJW stuff that the Orville versus Star Trek Discovery represents as some sort of like stand in for that. But which I will say, I don't see in the Orville itself. No, like no, I, it's it's all projected onto the Orville. I, I don't see that either. But it's just it it's yeah. it's unfortunate that that's happening now I, I, w- I will say though that i think that it, it, you know it's difficult to judge star trek discovery because we don't know the full shape of star trek discovery star trek discovery for for all its uh faults is a serialized prestige television mm-hmm. with an extremely large budget that is telling an ongoing story that you really can't figure out the shape of until you get to the whole season for better or for worse sometimes I'm kind of exhausted by it honestly uh, but it, it, the orville is not that I mean the orville is certainly more serialized than TNG was for example but the the you can sit down and watch any random episode of the orville and kind of get what's going on the characters yeah, the this- characters are broad you know the the situations are self-contained each episode is Pretty much a little short story. It's I, I can see why people find it refreshing because like no one makes television like that anymore, yeah. or at least not science fiction television anymore. I mean, science fiction television now yeah. is dominated by things like The Expanse. So,
1: and we talk about and we are people who very much like episodic television. And at this again, we we and we've been talking about this on our Discovery podcasts. I still don't trust Discovery. So as of the time of this recording we have just uh recorded the episode Leith, which we really liked, and the episode before that, choose your pain, we fucking hated. And I have I am I I I am going to open the box on Sunday that is Star Trek Discovery, and I am terrified because I don't know if I'm gonna get a great episode or a horrible episode. And But isn't that also is,
0: true for episodic television, Richard?
1: Yeah, but at the same time it's that's not go for episodic television, you know, I watch a bad TNG episode, I can say, that's a bad TNG episode, there might be a good one next week, and that's okay, and you know, I mean, most of the episodes of The Orville have been pretty okay, and even if, if there's a bad one, there's still probably going to be a very good one, and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to look at the season and say, okay, well, there were, you know, ten really great episodes, three alright ones, and two really terrible ones, that was pretty good season, at the end of Star Trek Discovery, I don't know if they're going to stick the land in or not. Any individual episode doesn't really matter because it is kind of the shape of the whole thing. and all feels like, you know, is this one piece of a really terrible hole, or was this just, you know, what... I, I, I don't know if my time spent watching Discovery will be rewarded by having seen a story that made sense and added up and, you know, was was altogether good or bad. Um, which I, again, which I, I think
0: c- is a shame because I you know I yeah. I, I talk a lot about um, you know different sort of different strains or different flavors of serialization. And I think that, you know, the, the go-to example is always Mad Men and the Sopranos. And of course Mad Men was created yeah. by someone who worked on the Sopranos. And and both of those shows took a very sort of short story or, or novella approach to the way that they approached each episode. But I also think that that a show that is more serialized than than either of those shows is the Americans. And, you know, I know you haven't seen it and most people haven't seen it. No one watches it. But uh, I'm exaggerating. Some people watch it, of course, because it's still on the air, but not a lot of people watch it. Is it on Hulu? Where is it to watch? I don't think it's available anywhere on streaming, which is part of the problem.
1: Yeah, I was about to say I would eventually get to it, but
0: Okay. it's on fx and i mean maybe it's going to be on hulu because i think i was watching uh, atlanta which i think is an fx show and that's really really fucking good by the way uh but the first season just came on hulu after like a year mm-hmm. and a half so i, yeah, I, I do
1: several seasons of the americans at this point and they would obviously want people to continue watching it new you know well so they're not nah, the, they,
0: i guess they don't really care anymore because the last se- the the next season is the last but Anyway, that's beside the beside the point. Yeah, yeah. The the way that the Americans kind of tells its story is it it, it has a, a very particular story that it wants to tell each season, and little bits and things are kind of like the story is developed throughout that season. But each episode does have like a pretty good episodic structure, um, which I think is an interesting way to do it. it it's well, very, that's Buffy style. Um. It is you know, it is and it isn't. It's the thing of the thing of it is, and I don't want to get maybe we get into a long discussion of television theory, but <laughs> I Bu- think that's what they come to us for. Buffy was a very nascent attempt at that sort of yeah. thing. And Buffy was also a very blunt instrument. Serial What I mean by that is serialization in the 90s and early 2000s was an extremely blunt instrument, right? You You had your standalone episodic episodes that just had nothing to do with the main plot of the season, right? And then you had your mythology episodes like The X-Files or your Big Bad episodes like in... Uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or you had your, you know, uh, I don't even know, did they have a term for them in Babylon 5? But Babylon 5 did the same thing where... I mean,
1: Babylon 5 insisted that it was all part of a larger story, but there were some parts that were a little more contained to the Shadow War, some stuff that was a little more soap opera-y, but each episode was about a self-contained story, a chapter in a
0: way. Right. And so, you know, whereas the Americans does it slightly differently in that... Each episode kind of exists, but it, it it's not quite as delineated as like you couldn't sit down. I guess my marker for it really is. Yeah. If you take any any television show out there, just name any television show. I think the the key question to ask if it's episodic or serialized is. Could you watch any random episode of this show and make sense of it? And if the answer is yes, you've got an episodic show. If you've got if the answer is no, you've got a serialized show. And the answer for the the Americans is no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you could probably watch certain episodes of Mad Men as self-contained, but you would have to pick and choose. And certainly there is a lot of resonances and dependencies that come from just watch, you know, from watching it as part of the whole. Um,
0: well, the question is, could you follow an episode of Mad Men and enjoy it without having seen any of the other episodes? And I, I think the answer is yes, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But we're, you we're
1: obviously enjoy it more if you know who these characters are. Yeah. Um, You can't do that with Star Trek discovery or with Game of Thrones or with any of
0: that. No, and, absolutely not. And I, I mean, I, I do. I mean, I will say that like to, to wrap it back around to the Orville like. I, I think that it's a noble attempt at something, but it's just,
1: well, you know, I, I, I think for me, it, it hinges on, so episode three, and you were very, you know, you did not like episode three, which is the episode where, uh, you know, has a baby and it's a girl, and on his planet, they have to be, you know, reassigned to be male, and again, it's, it's, it's so well meaning i i think if it's if it's falling down a lot of wells it's not because of any bad faith on the part of you know the writers and the people who are creating the show i think they really are trying um
0: and but, look, I get, but i i don't mean to cut you off but like i i f- like the third episode is a huge problem for me and i think that the reason it's a huge problem for me is that I don't like. I'll ask a very particular question. You won't know the answer to this, but like, do they have like a trans person consulting with them? Because if they don't, then what are they doing? Like, they use the word sex change in the episode. That hasn't been hmm. the terminology for like 20 years. It's just, it's lazy. Yeah, I know. And, and it, well, it just speaks to the laziness of Seth MacFarlane in general.
1: Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, he is trying to make a point about, you know, this is okay. We live in a future where this is okay. I think Seth MacFarlane is somebody who, you know, if he could wave a magic wand, there would be gender equality. You know, people would not be persecuted and oppressed for their sexuality. Like, racism would not exist. Like, I think he is somebody who, if he's not doing it well. And so, I, I mean,
0: for me— But I don't, I I don't sh- think that's enough, though. I mean, I just— No, I, I no. I only disagree with you that, like— he has good intentions. And so we just go, okay, well the show is fine then. No,
1: I'm not saying that. And I, I, I mean, I think for me, the key to this is the trial scene in which, you know, the first, uh, the first mate Kelly is, you know, acting as the lawyer and all of her courtroom chicks are really shitty and not like she doesn't prove anything. But I think the show thinks she is. And, you know that's where the problem is i think it's think it's i think the show thinks it's doing a better job than it is and certainly we need to we need to you know we need to critique it for that because it isn't that great at what it's doing but it is trying and i mean i guess my we need to talk about south park we do well uh I don't know if right this moment is the right moment to talk about South Park, but I think we need to talk about South Park.
0: I, I would say let's not talk about South Park now, only because I'm not prepared at all to talk about South Park. Uh, but I can. But, but, but uh, <laughs> we can maybe talk about that at a later point. I mean, but no, unless you have a well, very we, particular point you want to make right now.
1: Well, I do. Um, In that, I mean, com- 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 comparisons between Family and Guy and South Park are not unwarranted. South Park made a whole two-part episode about it um you know as i said i'll be going over to somebody's place they'll be watching family guy or south park um south park's politics are very much based around a critique of mob mentality in the sense that if you choose any particular side you're being an extremist and being an extremism leads to mob mentalitiness and that's bad and that the true you know it it South Park is centrism, right? It's it's saying like I'm going to look at both sides with my rational brain and my superior rational brain and say, This is the right way. You know, neither of these sides is right. You know, the people who are Nazis, yeah, they may be bad, but the people who are SJWs are just as bad. And I mean that's that's a very bullshit status quo, complacent uh banality of evil thing, which leads to some bad stuff in the world. Um Family Guy does come from a bit more of a liberal uh, place. I mean, the character of Brian the Dog, who is played by Seth MacFarlane, is generally espousing a lot of liberal ideas. Now, he that character is given a bit of—he uh, he's he cares about what he cares about, if you know what I mean. It does make fun of, you know, liberalism as fashionable, but at the same point, McFarlane still, I believe, holds those ideas, and this show very much does hold these ideas. I guess what I'm saying is that I appreciate that the Orville is saying, even if it's doing a crappy job of it, it's at least something that it's saying, no, there is right and wrong, and we do need to try and make a stand for what is right and what we do believe in, because again, South Park is saying it's stupid to take a stand for what you believe in, you know, you're just being an extremist if you want to change something.
0: I mean, I can see that certainly, and I, I, I think that we could have a very long conversation about the the fundamental uh, cynicism and nihilism of of American society and culture of the past, you know, twenty or thirty years. But you know, maybe that's not a conversation we can have intelligently Good. right now. But you know, and I think that you know, I don't know. I just feel like is the Orville the thing that is going to like put the flag and you know, uh, no, no, it's not. And I'd be mean, fundamentally but, but for it's... me what it comes down to is like. Are people's are people's expectations really this low?
1: I mean, I think so, yeah, because think because Donald goddamn Trump is president. I mean, that is even remotely saying that you know it's it's bad that you should you know view men as better than women. I mean, even saying something that simple again, low expectations, but I mean, I again, added, I, I
0: mean I, I haven't done the math on the election. I'm sure someone has out there, but uh, a Donald Trump lost the election. Yes, he's the president, but he did lose the election. Second um,
1: Republican uh administration in my voting career that lost the election and still somehow became president. But anyway,
0: yes, and if it keeps happening, we're going to have a crisis of democratic legitimacy in this country that is not going to end well for anyone. So, what do you mean we're
1: going to have a crisis strap of democratic in for that? legitimacy?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. Um but but I also think that like you know I, I you know the whole Trump thing like the, the 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 actual like percentage of Americans that went into the voting booth and affirmatively voted for Donald Trump is like probably like 12% or something. I mean, you know and and it's just the vagaries of our system and the vagaries of electoral yeah. politics that he actually, you know, won the election. So, you know, I I have to believe better in America than that. I I don't know why, but I guess I have to because I'm stuck here. Um, But, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, with the Orville, I get it. Like, it's hard as in the right place. Seth MacFarlane is, you know, a liberal and he wants people to get along and blah, 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 blah. And those are all things that I can... Agree with. But at the end of the day, I just get this sense from Seth MacFarlane that he is a man who does not interrogate his own beliefs. He is a man who is not very intellectually curious. He is uh, a a person who defaults to very, very crude and unfunny humor um, as a defense mechanism. And the Orville has all of those traits in spades. I find the Orville to be... um, I find the Orville to be kind of objectionable, not because its politics are wrong or because I think that it's immoral or anything, but it, it just, it's it's snide. Like, it, it wants to be applauded for not murdering babies, and <laughs> that's not really something I can get on board with. You know, I... See, there's a couple of
1: moments in the show. One is in episode three where... Um, They're having the scene in the bar where he's saying, you know, well, let's say we had a baby that was born with a third leg. And, you know, if we were to amputate it, some species, you know, that whole conversation. And, you know, when Kelly objects, he's saying, well, I'm just trying to, you know, police myself and trying to think this out. And I, again, I don't think that's enough, but I think it's making some steps, too. And there are a couple of moments in where. You know, the Seth MacFarlane character is making a joke. I mean, episode six is, a, is an example of that. You know, he's, he's making a joke about, you know, going on this mission. Kelly gets upset and he's saying like, yeah, I know this is really serious. That's what I'm doing it. Now, recognizing that is not the same as transcending it, but I think it's a necessary first step. Again, this is something that... Well, here we go
0: with, uh, you know, a white guy who, like, gets a lot of opportunity for no reason other than he is a somewhat talented white guy who gets to work out all of his fucking issues with a multi-million dollar budget. I mean, come on. Oh, I know. I know. And this is
1: some. No, this is something that should have been done when he was 20. You know, it should have. This he's too old for this. I agree with all of this. I agree that he has made so many shows that, you know, he's done this, you know. Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show, they were all the same show. Like, he stayed, you know, if this is a tiny baby step, I'm not congratulating him too much for making a tiny baby step. But on the other hand, I think tiny baby steps are what is necessary. I mean, we... we. because
0: I mean fundamentally we need speaking, to be further than
1: this, we do need to be further
0: than this, we were further than this the The next generation was on thirty years ago, like yeah. this is what I'm getting at is like what what is this giving to the world that the next generation didn't like go fucking watch reruns of the next generation. It's a fucking amazing television show, you know, no, know. It, we already did this, it already happened it, it, it's just but a- we backslid
1: <sighs> we backslid very much, and i again, if this is. I don't think this show is pointing towards a greater trend. I don't think it's going to be influential. I don't know if it's going to get a second season. I doubt it will, but I would rather we go in this direction than in the direction that Discovery is trying to go, which is still in the same... I don't know. I I, I, I find myself very shocked to be saying this, but I'm getting really tired of dark and brooding and... In a moral conflict, and I want a, I wanted Star Trek to be a show. I wanted Discovery to be a show where we had a hero who was a paragon. And maybe you know, Ed from the Orville is not the paragon that I want. He is no John Luke Picard. He isn't even a Catherine Janeway. But, <sighs> God, you know, at least I can believe that at the end of the day, the show is going. You know, the show has a moral center, and it's attempting to get to it.
0: You know, I don't know. I mean, I I think that I have a different read on Star Trek Discovery, and I think that um one of the thing one of the uh, things that I mentioned at the beginning of the the podcast is that uh, someone left a comment on the the post for um, Letha. And basically said, like you know, they were intrigued by the talk we had of the differences between the the TOS Federation and the TNG Federation. Mm. And I think that that fundam- like fundamentally, I think that you're forgetting that like this is not the Federation of the 24th century. This is not the Starfleet of the 24th century. You know, this is a show that has very deliberately placed itself even before the original series, at a time right. when the Federation and Starfleet are being tested in a war with the Klingons. You know, and and I I'm to- I have a lot of of I have a lot of opinions about how Discovery is handling that. And I have a lot of criticisms about how Discovery is handling that. And I think that Discovery sometimes does fall into the serialized anti-hero tropes a little too easily. But I also think that that's fixable. And I th- I, I, will say that I do think that I see Discovery's heart being in the right place. Uh, the Orville, to me... I don't know what it's like. I fundamentally still don't know what it is trying to do on a storytelling level. You know, yes, I enjoy episodic television. Yes. I'm happy that he's not going around murdering people and that it's light and fluffy and there's carpeting everywhere. But, and I think that like, for me, I look at it and I say, I keep going back to that, that line that I borrowed about Seth MacFarlane's work ethic being much greater than his talent because you know, I have the list of episodes that have aired so far open on my on my screen right now. And of the first seven episodes of The Orville that have aired, Seth MacFarlane has written six of them.
1: Which one has he not written?
0: He wrote the sixth one. He did not write the sixth one, which is the one okay. that I enjoyed the most. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that that says something. I, I have the seventh one on my TiVo right now. I have not watched it yet, but I am not really excited to watch it because I was hoping that it was not written by Seth MacFarlane. I think that... What what is the why is the show trying to be funny? Like I I don't get it. Like it's not Uh, doing a good job of being funny, and some of the humor it has is frankly offensive.
1: No, and I I I don't know if that's the spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. I mean, I think there is. I mean part of me th- does want to say that the people who are watching the Orville because it's anti SJW unlike that Discovery which is such an SJW show like if they think it's going to be funny and they accidentally absorb a couple of nuggets like you know gender equality however crappily the Orville is doing it um
0: Look can I be I mean can I be honest here like I I I get that a troglodyte mindset would find the orville to be sort of their their flavor de jour instead of yeah. instead of discovery because discovery's main character is a you know strong very competent very intelligent black woman who is not sexualized in any way shape or form and the only black character the orville has is the wise cracking sidekick is the black character yes this is no, a problem. well wait,
1: wait wait well we 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 forgot about dr cassidy yates actually oh,
0: okay that's true well who <laughs> like she's not in the show <laughs> like she's in the show like two minutes a week
1: yeah i know we need to have a dr cassidy yates episode but um
0: a- a- and here is
1: where I you mean, go look, into like, vanity like, project I, we, just, you know be
0: well i'm just i'm just being like i'm just being mean now but like doesn't Doesn't she look like she doesn't want to be there? Like, I don't know. I just get this impression from her that, like, she's being held hostage on the set or something. <laughs> like, her, I don't know. I, I just,
1: yeah. She's cast to give it a little bit more legitimacy, but I don't know. Again, you know, TNG really hit its stride when it started becoming an ensemble show and we had different character episodes and you know this really ha you know ed is the main character it hasn't really gone beyond that and so that that i mean that that is something you know we we've had ed, ed paired with all different characters in there there's been somewhere he's been paired with kelly somewhere with the uh navigator guy you know and we assume that as it goes on he will be paired with different people um I think in you know one of the things I really do think in order for the show to find its voice is is paradoxically enough to take a page from TNG and give episodes to different characters. I do want to see a Doctor episode.
0: I, I think they, they they've already started to do that a little bit, but but I think you're right. I just I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't think that Seth MacFarlane has a good conception of his own show to to really know what to do i i think he's aping the next generation in a very particular way and he is writing his own show in a way that is you know part of the reason why i think the orville is so frustrating to examine from a critical standpoint is that it it almost feels like seth MacFarlane is is trying to write seriously in a way that he never really has and he just can't quite pull it off
1: it seems like he is hewing a little too more too closely to his model it's not a very i mean that's the thing i don't find it a very confident show in a lot of ways i think it is a show that i i i, I do sense a worry that he's out of his depth at times
0: in it he is out of his depth He should be worried that he's out of his depth because he is completely and totally and utterly out of his depth.
1: But at the same time, I do feel I kind of want the show to figure out how to swim. Like if this is if this is it flailing in the deep end, like I said, every episode has been a little better. And I feel like I don't know It's a show that I feel like I have hope for because I feel like eventually it will figure out what kind of show it wants to be. It really is torn between a parody of TNG and a riff on TNG and its own thing. And
0: look, I think the best thing that Seth MacFarlane could do would be to stop writing episodes of the Orville.
1: That certainly could be a thing
0: like act in it. Be a creative consultant, but do not yeah. write for it at all. Don't be on the writing staff. Don't show run it. Don't like. I, I don't. You know. I, I just think that that he's not like. I, I just keep coming back to the to the fact that the only episode of the show that I actually enjoyed uh, was the sixth episode, which he did not write, and which coincidentally enough was also written by uh, a veteran of Star Trek Enterprise. So you know, I mean, what are we supposed to do with this information? I, I'm not sure, but I, I just I don't see that. I think it's very difficult as we're having a difficulty in this conversation talking about the Orville outside of all of its cultural, political, and social baggage and context because like absent Seth MacFarlane, I think that the Orville may be fine. The Orville certainly would not exist in the form that it exists right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we would have – what is his name? The guy who plays – Norm MacDonald. I don't think we would have uh, Norm MacDonald playing a yeah. uh, sexist blob, for example. I mean, one of the lines in one of the episodes is literally, I've never found a non black woman attractive. I mean, like, what the fuck was Seth MacFarlane thinking when he wrote that line?
1: Yeah. No, I, I and again, there, there are problems. <laughs> the humor is crasser and falls into pitfalls it doesn't think it's falling into. Like, I think the show thinks that line is, you know, characterizing the blob as as boorish when it's, you know, I think there are going to be people... The show wants us to laugh at him, but I think there are plenty of people who are watching the show who are going to laugh with it, and I don't think it does enough to distance itself from that crappy troll audience.
0: I kind of agree with you, but I kind of think you're giving it w- way, way too much of the benefit of the doubt. Like, Well,
1: I'm a very nice person. I'm very <laughs> generous in giving.
0: This is, a, this is a character that is like... Serially sexually harassing the doctor of the ship. Yeah. Why is this in the show?
1: No, I know. It's a... It's not straying far enough from... You know, that, that joke how do we put it it's 2017 that joke isn't funny anymore if it ever was and i don't think it recognizes that that joke is not funny anymore if it never if it ever was it's and, true
0: and and this is what it really comes down to for me is that you know at the end of the day i keep talking about Seth MacFarlane because this this is not a television show this is Seth MacFarlane's brain and it's, it's disturbing. I, I find it disturbing. I fundamentally find the continued ability or, or desire of, of Hollywood and television executives to throw money at Seth MacFarlane to make his milk toast middling, you know, crappy, quote unquote comedies to be offensive. And it's taking away opportunities from voices that we don't even know we're missing because no one will listen to them because Seth MacFarlane is sucking up all the money and all of the other Seth MacFarlane's in Hollywood are sucking up all the money. And, you know, especially considering right now what's going on with. Uh, Actresses all throughout Hollywood coming forward with their own horrible stories of Mm. sexual assault, abuse, rape from a wide variety of of men. Mm -hmm. I just, I guess I'm fundamentally not interested in watching a television show that is putting me inside the mind of a white, straight, cis dude.
1: And that is very fair. And I'm not, I mean, I don't exactly have patience for all the straight people drama that's in the show. It's true.
0: I guess that's the other thing is. The the fundamental ridiculousness of his ex wife being the first officer on his ship, like this is just another example of Seth MacFarlane's instincts being—I don't even know what they are. I can't even say that they're wrong. It's just like, what are you thinking? I mean, it's like if someone decided that the way to enter your house was through the window. I I I I just—I don't—I fundamentally don't understand Hmm. it.
1: I really don't have that much to add to that particular... But yeah, I mean, she is... I like her as a character. I don't like their relationship. I like the parts of the show that kind of forget that they were in a marriage together and just show them working together. But every so often, then, we're reminded that, oh, this is my ex-wife. And, you know, and again, I wonder where the show is going to go. Let's imagine season three. Have they gotten over it? You know, are the Krill still the big bad? You know, what is the cast the same? I mean, there are changes that could be made. Again, I this is, I, I, I guess how I feel about it is the show has not found its own voice yet. It hasn't transcended the laziness of it, but there's a weird feeling where I want it
0: to. I just I, I I'm I'm completely flabbergasted. At not I mean, I'm, and this is not particular to you, mm-hmm. but it's like the 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 number of people that I have read and seen that are willing to give this show the benefit of the doubt, knowing who makes it. Like I would completely be on board to, to give the Orville the benefit of the doubt if it wasn't Seth MacFarlane. I'll be very honest. Like I, I fundamentally find his work objectionable, and I don't get it like i don't like family guy i don't like the cleveland show i don't like american dad i don't like any of his fucking weird teddy bear horny movies like <laughs> it's just
1: yeah i i guess my hope is that this is the, this is like come on dude you've been you it's Maybe I'm just primed by all of the slacker comedies I've watched over the years, but this I see this as his. All right, dude, grow up, do it. This is yeah, your moment.
0: I get it. I grew up in the suburbs. We had cable. PCU was on Comedy Central a lot. I, I I get it, Richard. But like, I'm not 17 anymore. I'm almost 37 years old. Like, I don't watch this kind of stuff anymore. You know that maybe that like that's I guess that's the one we've like, outgrown it. Yeah, we're criticism old. We're and old good... for this. Well, yeah, but like, I'm a, I'm too old for Family guys. But like the Orville wants to be the new TNG. It wants to be the standard bearer for Star Trek. I mean, you've got all these Trekkies running around saying it's more Trek than Discovery. And I'm like, what the fuck are you smoking? You know, I mean, it's just it's it's not. And and Seth MacFarlane is just not the guy to save Star Trek. Seth MacFarlane is not the guy to save my dinner. Like, I don't I don't care. You know what I mean? It's just like (laughs) I just I don't get it. I just I do not get it. And that is fair. I mean,
1: this is not your style of humor. It I don't really think it's my style of humor anymore. 10 years ago, I would have found this a lot funnier. It's true. Um
0: but, but the part. other thing, too, is that the Orville isn't really funny. Like That's part of the, the thing that is so uh, well, uh, in mind-numbing as I about s- it is that like it's not a comedy. It's not trying to be a comedy. It's an hour-long serious drama that is taking itself very seriously and telling serious stories about the human condition and what the fuck ever. Uh, it's doing it in a very sort of rote way. I mean, come on. They had an episode with an alien zoo, Richard. Like, they're not... I, I, it just feels like Seth... You McF- know... To write these I episodes, mean- it feels like Seth MacFarlane is sitting down and opening up the Wikipedia entry for the outer limits.
1: It's almost funny because I'm remembering how much we set we criticize TNG when it tries to do comedy. I mean, and TNG never really tried to do comedy that often. I guess we're seeing TNG trying to lean into the funny here, and it's not really working. Again, it's 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 trying to serve two masters. It's trying to be a Show that's you know, it's trying to be a parody of TNG, and it's also trying to be TNG twenty seventeen. And but
0: I think that's a misreading. I don't think the Orville is trying to be a parody of TNG. If it was trying to be a parody of TNG, Seth MacFarlane wouldn't have any respect for TNG. And I think Seth MacFarlane probably has an altar to TNG in his basement. I mean, he. I think you can make this a love letter to TNG. This is a love letter to Star Trek.
1: Well, maybe not a parody, maybe a burlesque of it. It's trying to be a burlesque of TNG. Uh, okay, not I could buy doing, that. Uh, not doing that that well. Um, and again, I, I, I think it is split between these two attempts, and I re- I wish it would pick one or the other. I kind of hope it picks the serious one, because as we said, you know, episode six, which is mostly a serious episode, does it well. I I... Liked the episode where they're on the generation ship. I'm a sucker for generation ships, but I thought that was a well-done episode, too. I like the Charlize Theron episode. Like, the last three episodes were pretty good, and if you take out the comedic scenes, now now you would have a half-hour, you know, action-adventure show. That's a little bit of a better
0: but I think, like, also the the other thing too is about the comedy. Is that fundamentally speaking, I think it's Seth MacFarlane because the the comedy in the sixth episode I thought was handled fairly well. I mean, I certainly didn't think it was mean spirited or sexist or anything. I mean, the the joke essentially was Borden. Bort, What's the name? Borden. Borton uh, can eat anything, and I, they, everyone was like gleeful about that, and it was fine. I thought it was a cute little character beat, and everybody was nice about it, and like that was funny, and I thought it was amusing. But what it comes down to is Seth MacFarlane puts his comedy in here, and what we get is like a blob with the voice of Norm MacDonald running around sexually harassing people. And why? Just why? I
1: have no answers for you. I would, I would like the show better if that were not a character. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I think we've probably done about as much as we can with the Orville. I'm sorry if my rage uh, has uh, come out in this episode, but Christ almighty, like...
1: No, again, I, I, I think you're a little more intense about the show than it deserves. And maybe maybe that's it. Like, Well, I'm... The show doesn't deserve to be loved and praised to the heavens. It's fine for what it does. But I also don't think it's bad enough to deserve actual hatred like at, at the end of the day if i never watch another episode of the orville and i forget about it like i mean at the end of the day i feel like this is either going to be a one season show that's completely forgotten about or it's gonna figure out what kind of show it really wants to be and become that yeah and i don't i don't know which again i kind of hope the latter because why not i i like watching hour-long episodic science fiction, but if it doesn't, I you're right, it won't be a hole in the world.
0: Well, yeah, and I, I think the last thing I'll say about it is that you know I don't necessarily I wouldn't say I hate the Orville, and I I I don't what I I mean what I'm doing here is really reacting to the ongoing cultural narrative that has sucked in the Orville to part of it. I mean. Yeah. We live in a very very polarized divided country that increasingly, you know, Democrats and Republicans don't even like see each other as people and I'm not exaggerating about that. Uh it's a very very scary time to live in the United States of America and it has been for a long time. And it's getting increasingly scary and the Orville is getting sucked into all of the cultural social political you know, a horror show, existential nightmare stuff that is going on in this country. And I think it's very difficult to, I mean, part of my criticism of the Orville is, is a little bit of virtue signaling, honestly, and saying, I don't support the people that want the NFL players to stop kneeling at the national anthem, you know, like, yeah. And that, and that is what it really comes down to for me. Like, if the Orville was on in the year nineteen ninety nine, I don't think I would really have cared that much about it, honestly. And I probably would have watched it. I probably would not have cared if I missed an episode here and there. This was pre-DVR, pre-streaming. We still had things like DV, like we still we still had things like V VCRs. Uh, and I used to tape Star Trek Enterprise when I was in college, but at the end of the day, like, we don't live in that world. We live in a world where every sort of media that we watch, read, listen to is imbued with cultural signals now. And and nothing can be just a part of any, nothing can be sort of atomized in just itself, which is a shame. And this is a very exhausting time to be alive. But it's just at the end of the day, like, this show isn't that important. Mm, yeah. It's a little bit it's <sighs> a little bit objectionable. It's a little bit sexist. I think it probably has its heart in the right place, but again, it's made by a white straight cis guy who is sucking up all the money. And It was just
1: one of those shows that we would have watched on Comedy Central back in the day, probably would have liked. But I mean it's the <laughs> Like it's the strip mall of its era in a way, but uh, you know who who cares? Well, we are in a very Marxist time where everything is a product of its uh, of of its circumstances of its creation, and it is impossible to separate things from that.
0: That is true. I mean, the the last thing I'll say, and this is kind of a a, a tangent, but you know, I watched the 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 latest episode of Broad City last night, and uh, it was an amazing Mm -hmm. episode because. Uh, one of the plots was Alana uh, having issues uh, coming because of Trump, and <laughs> you know that that show feels vital, and that show feels important, and that show feels funny and earned, and is funny in a way that the Orville and Seth MacFarlane probably hoped that he could pull off. And I think in a just world, the, the two women. Uh that make Broad City would be making multi million dollar comedies for Warner Brothers or something, and they're not uh on the other
1: hand, they're both like super young, and they do have a show that is doing very well, and it's their what third fourth season I mean
0: is it doing very well, Richard? I mean it's still on the air, but nobody watches it. I think that's the problem like we don't have a culture anymore, so 500,000 people watch Broad City?
1: I take it 500,000 listeners to our podcast.
0: Sure. But, you know, we're not also trying to I make know. a living at this, and we're not professionals. So it's just no, a case that, I don't know, I just, fundamentally, I think my problem with the Orville, again, is just it keeps coming back to this idea that white straight cis men are the problem, that they are sucking up all the money in our society, and that we should just let women and trans people and queers and, you know, racial minorities and everybody else just kind of like, just, just take a, we need a decade where white men just don't do anything. Like we'll pay you a salary. You'll, you'll just live and you'll just be in the world and you'll get to play video games and go to sporting events. And I don't know what the fuck, go fishing. I don't know. What do straight men do? And you can do all that stuff. Blow each other
1: if my fantasy is any indication. Sure.
0: You know we'll we'll give you fifty sixty thousand dollars a year. you can just sit around and do whatever while you know all the other people that are not white straight cis men uh will 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 you know uh hopefully move society forward and at the end of the day, I think that's what my main criticism of the orville is
1: no you're right it 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 seems to come from a different time i mean this is coming from A place where that's the default and that's not the world you and i live in but i know it's the world that a lot of other people do live in and god their world is annoying i guess that's that's about the sum of it
0: well yeah because i mean that 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 gets to one of the other things that i always find really really uh you know annoying is this idea of the bubble and like why are liberals always living in the bubble (laughs) you know like (laughs) Like va- that that like, vastly more Americans went to a museum last year than went hunting, like fuck you, like who lives in a bubble? It's not the liberals. I'm sorry, anyway, okay, I think we're done. I'm exhausted now. I think I've lost about five pounds of bodily fluids in this conversation from sweating and stuff, not not from peeing myself. That would be disgusting. Um oh thank god. So uh next month uh we are going to do something kind of interesting and different. Uh, we've already put this out on Twitter once and we have some questions out there, but uh, uh I thought this would be fun to do for the holidays. It's kind of like a just a lighthearted thing, kind of a fun thing. Um especially after this conversation, I think we need something light and fun-hearted. Fun-hearted, lighthearted. Anyway, I've fun-hearted. been talking for a long time.
1: I think fun-hearted is a great word. I think
0: word. fun-hearted is a good way to put it. Uh, we're going to be doing a listener question session. So, if you—we've been doing podcasts for a number of years now. We've been doing Track About for over five years. Um, you know, if you have any questions that you are curious about, if you have anything you're curious about um, in terms of like the way that we do the podcast, our thoughts about Star Trek, our thoughts about science fiction television,
1: our physical stats, right? Our you know, f- dating dating preferences. Yeah, what what
0: we like to eat, um, what sort of cookies we like, anything like that. Um, please uh, just either you can tweet them at us at Trek About Show, or you can send us an email. Uh, the email address is TrekAboutShow at gmail.com. We look forward to reading your questions and we will, we will hand select a number of them to answer on the air for the next patron special. So look forward to that coming at you in December.